You're listening to Real Faith Radio, presented by Praise Chapel, Las Vegas. This is where real faith meets real change. Be sure to listen to us through Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, SoundCloud, and Spotify. Follow us on your favorite service to get instant notifications when new episodes are available to download or stream. You can also check us out on social media at PC Las Vegas and visit our website, PraiseChapelLasVegas.com to find out more about what PCLV is all about. With that being said, listen up, because here comes the word. I'll be reading 19 through 20. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, 19 to 20. I'm reading now the New Living Translation. It's up on the, on the screen there. But it goes on to say right there, don't you realize that your body, somebody say my body, says your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God. Do not, you do not belong to yourself. Amen. And it says, uh, uh, you don't belong to yourself, amen. And so where we get left off, okay. For God bought you with a high price. Somebody say high price. So you must honor God with your body. Amen. Why don't we bow our heads right now and get ready to pray for this message, amen. Father, Lord, in the name of Jesus, I just pray right now, Father, that you would open up the hearts of every person in this place. Open up, Father God, that we would understand. Holy Spirit, bring your your understanding, start to move upon the hearts of people. I pray for those that have an ear. Let them hear what the Spirit of the Lord says. That, Lord, that the word will come inside of us, Lord. And, Father, remove what needs to be removed and add what it needs to be added. And let them hear the voice behind the voice. And we ask this. In Jesus' mighty name, and all of God's people say, amen, amen. Praise the Lord, amen. Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You don't belong to yourself, for God bought you with a high price. So honor God with your body. I want to minister tonight, amen. You don't belong to yourself. Turn to your neighbor and say, you don't belong to yourself. It's not all about you. You don't belong to yourself. You know, if you look at this passage of Scripture in, in, in 1 Corinthians, I mean, chapter 6, if you go to the previous verses uh, before that, it talks about avoiding sexual sins with your body. But here it's simply talking that you cannot do what you want to do anymore. Come on, somebody. Now, if you're a, a true follower, amen, if you are a true disciple of Jesus Christ, amen, you simply cannot do what you want to do anymore. Come on. You can't do things to your body. You can't go where you want to go. You can't see what you want to see. You can't hear what you want to hear. Come on. This is what marked Billy Graham as a mighty man of God. Come on. This is why he never had any type of controversy Towards this man of God, this preacher, amen, this uh, evangelist, amen, that's seen, seen millions of people come to Jesus, amen, uh, because he did not do what he wanted to do. He didn't see what he wanted to see, amen. He didn't hear what he wanted to hear. This man was sold out. Do we got anybody sold out in this place? Why? Because he understood that he did not belong to himself. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 says, you don't belong to yourself. You were bought with a high price. And your body 
your life now belongs to God. Does your body belong to God? Come on, any, any believers in this place? You know, you don't belong to yourself any longer. For every believer, amen, this is true. If you truly call yourself a follower of Christ, if you really call yourself a disciple, if you really call, you know what, I'm a, I'm a Christian, amen, then this is true for every believer that you cannot do what you want to do because you don't belong to yourself. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 20 in the New King James says it like this. You were bought at a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. What does Paul mean right here that your body and your spirit belong to God? People may say, well, I can do whatever I want, Pastor. It's my body. It's my life. And, and, and though that is true and God does give us free will, we can think that this kind of attitude is really freedom. But people are really enslaved, listen, to their own desires. See, there are things that I want to do. There are things that I want to see. There are things that, that I think, you know, it's not that bad and they're not going to take me to hell, but I don't give in to my desires or my wants. Why? Because I don't belong to myself. I was bought with a high price. Come on, how many know that you were bought with a high price? Come on, I'm here to let you know, amen, that you are not cheap. Come on. God didn't pay $10 for you. Come on, he, he, he didn't get you on special. Come on, he didn't, he didn't do the two for 15 like we're doing, amen. Or two for 25, amen. You know what? He did not, you were bought at a high price, amen. Uh, you got to understand that today, you got to look at yourself as valuable. Sometimes we think that we're not amounting to nothing or I'm not worth anything or, you know, my life doesn't mean anything. But I'm here to let you know that, that God loved you so much uh, and he laid down his life for you. Uh, he paid a high price for you, church. Uh, he laid down, he sent his son, Jesus Christ, for you, amen. Uh, and now God wants you to honor him with your body and your life because you were bought with a high price. Do you think that Jesus wanted to go to the cross? Come on. Don't you think that he desired to live? Come on. And though he was God Almighty in the flesh, he was still human. He still had feelings just like you and I have feelings. Amen. I don't think that, you know, at times I think he's like, you know what, I don't want to die at the age of 33. You know what, I, maybe I want to live a little bit longer. Maybe I, I want to walk, you know, this, 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 this life a little bit longer, amen. He even told God, maybe there is another way that we can do this. Jesus was dealing with other wants and other desires, church. His flesh was battling over this. He did not want to die. That's why he stopped to pray in the Mount of Olives. Why? Because his life does not belong to him. Come on, in Luke chapter 22, 42, it says, Father. He's talking to Dad. He's talking to the Father. Amen. And he says, if, if you are willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will, but thy will be done. 
See, he had desires to live and he had other wants in his life, but he simply said, you know what? It's not my life no any longer. I don't belong to myself. God, whatever your will is. So he, he prayed and said, God, is there another way that we can do this? His flesh are in you that he's going to feel the pain. He was going to feel the whips. He's going to feel those nails being driven through his body. Amen. He knew what was ahead for him. And so he said, you know what, let me, let me, let's, let's, let's talk about this. Dad, dad, daddy, is there any other way that we can do this and win all of mankind over? Is, is there any other way that we can do this? He says, no, no, no. Got it. I don't belong to myself, so it's not my will. Whatever your will is, I'll do. See, the thing is, are you willing to lay down your life for God's will? Because to serve God and to be a true disciple you're going to have to lay down your life, meaning you cannot do what you want to do anymore. You cannot be what you want to be anymore if it doesn't line up to his will, church. Come on. Come on, there's some decisions to be made to see if you want to be a true follower of Christ, amen. You got to understand, you got to be sold out. Sold out completely in order to be successful in this Christian life. Come on, somebody. Listen, when we become Christians, do we got any Christians in the house? When we actually become followers and disciples of Jesus Christ, amen, the Holy Spirit came and he lives inside of us. Therefore, we no longer, we no longer own this body, amen. Why? Because we were bought at a high price, amen. So we got to honor our bodies if we truly want to be the voice. Come on, if we truly want to be an effective voice, amen. See, we shouldn't get attention through controversy, but through the voice of truth. Because it's the truth that sets a person free, church. The high price here, when it's talking about high price here in the scripture, it, it refers to slaves purchased at an auction. Christ's death freed us from sin. Come on, somebody say amen, hallelujah. But listen. Not only did it free us from sin, but listen, it also obligates us to his will and service. It's not your will any longer, amen. It's not about your wants any longer. It's not about if I think it's right or not. God, thy will be done. Why? Because you don't belong to yourself. Now let me ask you a question. If you live in a building, you rent an apartment, whatever it is, amen, by somebody else, someone else owns that, would you not try not to violate the building rules? Right? We're going to apply by the owner's rules, otherwise we get what? Evicted, kicked out, whatever it is. Because your body, somebody say my body, because your body and life belongs to God, he is your new owner. Listen, you must not violate Violate his standards for living. You were bought with a high price, amen. God has high standards. You cannot, listen, you cannot lower his standards or customize them to fit how you want to live. I don't think you got it. You cannot change his standards. You cannot lower God's standard or customize them to fit the way you want to live. Meaning you can't serve God and live the way you want to live. You're going to have to live in his standards. You're going to live by his rules. 
Otherwise, you get evicted. Otherwise, amen, you cannot go into heaven. Hello? I'm speaking truth here, church. I'm here to let you know that, you know what, when you gave your life to Jesus, when you come and gave your life to the Lord, when you said, I want to follow Christ, you're simply forfeiting all your dreams, all your desires, and say, God, what is it that you want me to do? It's no longer about me anymore. What is it that you want me to do? See, if I had my own ways, amen, I wanted to do this and I want to do that, but when I gave my life to the Lord, amen, he said, okay, God, not my will, but thy will be done. You got to understand it. You got to be sold out. Now, I'm not saying that he takes away all those desires or you can't finish schooling and doing the other things that you have, but it has to line up to God's will. And sometimes, sometimes if you're chasing, listen, if you're chasing a career and putting it in front of God, you don't have it right. The standards are right. You're customizing. If you're, you're saying, well, you know what, I, want, I love God, I'm going to serve God, but I'm going to serve God the way I want to serve God. You're customizing it to you. You're lowering his standards. And you cannot lower his standards when he's paid a high price for you. You've got to live by his standards. You can't say, God, can we negotiate here? He's going to say, no. It's my way or the highway. Come on, somebody. God is gracious. I'm not taking away grace and mercy. He's merciful. But that is there for us when we make mistakes. How many make mistakes here? Come on, we need mercy every day. We need grace every day. But we are not to take advantage of grace and mercy. God, I'm going to live at the best I can in your standards. I'm going to live the best that I can in your rules. But if I happen to break a rule and fall short of your glory, because we all do, then grace picks us up, church. Grace pardons us. We can repent, amen, and get right, but we cannot customize it. I'm going to serve you, but I can live this way. Are you following me? See, Romans chapter 8, verse 9 says this, but you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit if, listen, if you have the Spirit of God living in you. Remember, those that do not have the Spirit of Christ living in them do not even belong to him at all. Are you following? This is the Word of God. Romans eight fourteen says, for those who are led by the Spirit of God are called children of God. That's why it's so important to be spirit-filled, guys. I tell you guys, get filled with the Spirit of God. Get, get filled with the Holy Ghost, amen, because those that are filled with the Spirit are children of God. And if you're spirit-filled, then you'll be what? Spirit-led. God will lead you. The Holy Spirit will guide you and teach you. When you go to somewhere that you're not supposed to be, he's going to say, you can't go in there. Remember? Oh, yeah. When you're watching something you're not supposed to be watching, you're like, oh, no, you've got to change the channel. <laughs> Come on, if you're going down the street and listening to something you're not supposed to be listening to, guess what? Boom, you got to change the channel. Am I talking to anybody? Come on. This is things, amen. That's when the Holy Spirit's inside of you, when you gave your life to, he comes and takes residence inside of you. But when you start to mess up with the standards and you start to lower the, the, the standards of God, amen, then it becomes a violation. And guess what? He moves out. He says, you want to do what you want to do? Yeah. You sure? Yeah. I got to take a hike. I can't live inside a person that wants to sin. Are you following me? I, I can't reside inside of you. I can't live in the same place if you simply want to keep on bringing stuff into the house that is no good. 
Are you following me, church? Who is a Christian? Listen, a Christian, a disciple is anyone who has the Spirit of God living inside of them. A person who has truly trusted Christ for their salvation and they acknowledge him as Lord and Savior. Then the Holy Spirit in that person lives inside of them. Amen? So therefore, we're not controlled by the, by, by the uh, we, are, we are controlled by the Spirit and not our own. So when we gave our lives to Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes in. He takes resident, amen. So now we're no longer controlled by the flesh, but we are controlled by the what? The Spirit, amen. So that means we're not of our own. We cannot do what we want to do because the Spirit lives inside of us. That's why I don't drink. That's why I choose not to smoke. That's why I don't want to do anything to my body or what I watch, amen, because I do not belong to myself, amen. This body is to glorify God, amen, and so I can't do anything to affect because it's the, holy, it's the holy temple. This is the holy temple right here. And so I cannot affect it, amen. I cannot pollute it with drugs or alcohol or anything inside, amen, because this does not belong to me. God says to be holy because what? I'm holy. We got to be holy. We got to seek for holiness. We got to seek for righteousness. See, when you seek those two things, church, it automatically tells you what you do and what you cannot do. People that are not spirit filled is because they don't have the spirit inside of them. So that's why they're simply doing what they want to do. They feel it's okay. It's not a big thing. You know what? It's not that bad. But it's because you don't have the spirit of God. That's just where you get to conduct. Is it right? Is it wrong? How about if you drink just a little bit? Is that okay? We're not okay. You know, no. Let the Holy Spirit live inside of you. Let the Holy Spirit tell you. See, a lot of us don't invite the Holy Spirit inside of us because we don't simply want to stop what we're doing. Come on, tell your neighbor he's talking to you. <laughs> Church, we have to crucify this flesh. Come on, somebody. Come on, we got to crucify this old man, this old woman. That's what we're doing on, on, on Sunday on baptism. Baptism is an immersion of water, amen, burying that old man, that old woman, and rising up new, amen. That's, what, that's the whole thing about baptism, amen. Why it's so important that it makes a declaration, say, you know what, I'm going to bury this old man. I'm going to bury this old woman. Final, right here, done. I make a decision. I made a decision. I'm no longer going back. I no longer want to be that no more. Come on, somebody. We do it by crucifying the flesh daily, not just on Sundays. Come on. Let me tell you, I see some fleshy Christians on Sundays. Come on. Come on. People, people come put their, their Sunday best on, but I see some Christians, man, they don't have a Sunday best, man. They got an attitude. Man, they, 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 man, they, they just walk into this place, amen, like the whole world hates them. I mean, there's some nasty Christians. Don't look at them right now. <laughs> but there's some nasty Christians. <laughs> in the church. There's people in the world that are nicer than the people in the church sometimes. I'm not talking about this church. No. Come on, you cannot crucify the flesh just on Sundays when you're coming to church, amen, and then get in your car and you put on your flesh again. Come on, you, you cannot just pick and choose what day you'll crucify it and which day you want, amen. The flesh must be crucified each and every day. And for some of you guys, every
every hour. Kill that flesh, amen. Because it rises up during the day. Come on. Come on. When you get that little, little anger, you want to you tell somebody, oh, man, crucify the flesh. Come on, you, 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 you take that look and that say, oh, crucify that flesh. Close your eyes, run. Man, when things come at me like that, I run. Hallelujah. I run to the nearest restroom and go pray. You got to crucify it. But it has to start in the morning. You got to make a decision, God. You know, that, that's what Paul says. You got to crucify this flesh daily because if you don't, guess what? Your flesh will wake up. And if you're not prayed up, amen, that flesh will take over, amen. You'll say something you didn't want to say. You'll do something you didn't want to do, amen. And when it's said and when it's done, guys, it's too late, amen. It's done, amen. And now all of a sudden the coworker tells you, you you're a Christian? I didn't know Christians talk like that. I didn't know Christians look at things like that. Tell you, your coworkers are looking at you. Come on. You take a look, and a girl walks by, and you're checking around, and all of a sudden you see your coworker, you go like this, and they're looking at you. Bust it. <laughs> I seen what you're doing, dude. What are you talking about? I was looking over there. Yeah, yeah. Come on. Crucify, church. Galatians chapter 524, New Living Translation says this. Those who belong to Jesus Christ had nailed, nailed the passions and desire of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. This is who we are. It says that those that belong. Do we got anybody that belongs to Christ here? It says those that belong to Christ, amen, have nailed every passion, every evil desire, everything that's sinful nature. He nailed it to the cross, amen. He crucified it with Christ. You know what? I, I don't want to think like this. I don't want to be like this. I don't want to talk like this anymore. And so each day we have to crucify and say, you know what? I nailed these passions. I, I nailed these desires. Amen. I crucified them with Christ. Galatians chapter 2.20, New Living Translation says this. My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. This old self has been crucified. It's no longer I. It's no longer about you. It's no longer about what you want to do, but Christ living in you. Now you are controlled by the Spirit, not by the flesh. If he truly lives inside of you. See, if for some of us, if we're struggling with this, we're not crucifying the flesh daily. If we're struggling with things, amen, maybe the Holy Spirit's not inside of you. See, there's some things that we got to understand. If we're going through some struggles, then we're dealing and we're trying to serve God in the flesh. And when you try to serve God in the flesh, guys, guess what? You're going to have a hard time. You've got to crucify that man. You've got to crucify that woman. If you're struggling with this and struggling with it, it's because you have not done that. 
You can pray a prayer. You can do this until you say, I crucify this flesh. You start to, to name the things that, are, that you're dealing with and say, God, I don't want this. I don't want to be this. I don't want to think like this. I don't want all this stuff. I want to nail this to the cross, Lord. I, I'm nailing my passions, my desires, God. You know what? I want you to live inside of me. Holy Spirit, I want you to take resident inside of me. I'm going I'm to put your standards in my house. See, we must keep nailing the passions, the desires of our sinful nature and crucify the flesh daily as Paul says, amen, in order to follow him properly, in order for us to be an effective voice, guys, in order to display love and truth. If Christ is not living inside of us, church, we cannot display love and truth properly. We only love those that we love and we'll not like the others. It's like saying, you know what, God, I love you, but I hate them. And the Bible says, how can you love me who you've seen and hate your brother who you do see? He calls you a liar. We, we cannot do that. We cannot pick and choose who we want to love if Christ is really living inside of us. Right? How will they know you're my disciples? What? By the way, we love each other. It's the love of God that separates us, church. That from the fake Christian, the wannabe Christian, to the real thing, the real deal. Come on, if we're displaying that, then Christ is not living inside of us. We have not. He's the one that, you know what, I, 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 I can't hate. I'm not saying you can't like, you know, you're going to like certain things and certain people, but you can't hate. You've got to hate sin. We've got to hate the, the devil. <laughs> But we can't hate each other. Amen? Come on. If there's any hate inside of you, he says, how can you say you love me, yet you hate your brother? How could you say you love me who you not have seen and not love your brother who you have seen? I mean, God says, what are you doing? I like what Philippians 1.21 says, for me... To live is Christ and to die is gain. Church, we must die to sell in order to gain. Church, you got, did you get that? You have to die to sell in order to gain. We do it by denying, by picking up, by putting on, and following. By denying ourselves, picking up our crosses, Putting on our crowns. Come on, we, people forget about the crown of suffering. Come on, nobody wants to wear the crown. They'll pick up the cross, but they won't wear the crown. You got to pick up the cross, you got to put on the crown, and you got to follow him. Luke chapter 9, 23, New King James says this. He said to them, this is Jesus speaking to them. If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. To take up the cross here meant, you know what, to carry one's own cross to a place of crucifixion. Something that Jesus Christ himself did. Jesus presented a clear and challenging description of the Christian life, guys. That being his disciple means putting aside our selfish desires and shouldering one's cross every day by putting on the crown of suffering and following him daily. For the believer, it means understanding that we belong to him. That we are to, and to serve his purposes, not our own. Amen? 
It's not all about, it's not about your will. It's not about your purpose. It's about his purposes. It's, you know what, that, that's it. You know what, a believer understands that I'm here to serve Christ. I'm here to live for Christ, amen. To live is Christ and to die is gain. God, I'm, I'm, I'm dying to anything, anything that separates me from you, God. You know, I, I, I talked to a few people, you know what, if a job is separating you from, from God, then you need to get rid of that job. I'm saying it now, I'm saying it bold because God will provide. Come on, you gotta, we got to get bold now, guys. We, gotta get, you, we, we, we can't compromise, we can't not sell out. God, you know what, is this for you? No, in the fears, I don't want it. But, but it's just much money, I don't care. Let me tell you, God would honor that. You got you to, some of us are going to have to lose positions in order to gain, to live to, for Christ. Amen. Uh, is, you know what? You got, you're going to have to live for Christ and to die. You're going to have to die to some things. If you're chasing some dreams and other things that God has no intention to follow, he's saying, I don't even want you going that anymore. I don't want you even thinking about it anymore. Amen. We got to let go. We got to die to some of the, our dreams sometimes, guys. And it seems kind of cold. But this is what it is in order to serve God. Because I'll tell you right now, career, money will take you out of the church like this. I've seen people go chase a career and they lose Christ. What would profit a man if he gained the whole world but lost his soul? Ain't your soul more valuable? Didn't I tell you he paid with a high price? You're valuable. Don't sell yourself cheap. Man, you can gain the whole world. You can have all the money in the world, church, but you can lose your soul. What would profit a man to gain the whole world yet lose your soul? Not about you, but my soul is more valuable than that. We're talking eternal. Eternal salvation or eternal damnation. This is it, church. There, there's, it's heaven or hell. There, there is no in-between. And once you get to that place, there is no second chance. Once, once it's done, once your life is done, you have one life to live. And that's it. You're born from this spirit and you end here. The, the afterlife is a decision what you did in between those two time frames. From the, the birth to death. You're judged by what you do in that timeline. After that timeline, that's it. Judgment. It's judgment day. You'll stand before God and you don't have to give an account what you did with your life. Will you be able to stand and say, my life didn't belong to me no more, God. I gave it all to you. I served you to the best of my ability. Will you hear the words, well done and good and faithful servant? Or will you hear the words, depart from me for I never knew you? Because those are the two words, the two answers that he'll give to each one of us here. Well done or depart from me. And so we got to understand today, church, if we really want everything, then you're going to have to sell out and lay down your life just like he laid down his life. Christ says, I lay down my life for friends. For us, he calls you friends. He calls you a high price, that you're valuable. That you know what? I'm willing to take the bullet for you. That's what he did. He, he stood and, and, and dived in front of that bullet that was coming for you. He died in front of you. You're already on your way to hell, and he came and spared your life. Many of us, amen, we're on a, some of us here, we shouldn't even be here. But yet he paid the price for you. For some of us, you should still be locked up, but he paid the price for you, amen. He got you out, amen. Let me tell you, that's how much he loves you. But now he says, honor yourself. Honor your body. Honor your life for me. 
How do we do this, church? By living holy lives. By presenting ourselves as a living sacrifice. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 or 2 says, Therefore I urge you, brothers. He's, it's an urgency. Here, here Paul's saying, to, he's an urgent, I urge you. He's telling the church. He's pleading with them. Come on, guys. Brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, offer yourself as a living sacrifice. Holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, and you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Paul already knew this church was struggling. Paul knew, man, that man, uh, man you, they're, they're, they're still doing, I mean, the, the, the church of Corinthian, they were all jacked up. They were still fornicating, still causing sin. And Paul was always preaching to them because God still loved them. He said, come on, guys. Come on. Come on. There's an urgency here. I'm, I'm pleading you guys. Come on. Come on. In God's mercy, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. Live holy. Live holy unto him. For this is pleasing to God. When you do the right thing, God smiles. When you do the wrong thing, he frowns. Did you make your God smile today or you make him frown today? Come on, you know. Did you make, make him smile? Did you do some good things that causes him to smile in the sky or was there a frown on him? Say, oh, or a shake of his head, say, man, he still loves you. It's my boy, man, but oh, he doesn't get it. It's my girl, man, but oh, she doesn't get it. I still love her, but. You wake up in the morning and say, God, I want to make you smile today. Never cross your mind. Today I want to make God smile. I want to do some good things. I'm going to reach out. I'm going to just want to be a blessing to somebody. I don't want to be a curse. I want to be a blessing. I want to bring joy to somebody. I want to, be, I want to bring an encouraging word. Come on, do we pray like that in the morning? God, help me to make you smile. God, help me to do the right thing. God, keep me from evil. Keep me from those things that trip me up, God. I want to I bring life to those that shout me. You got, you got to verbally say these things because these things encourage you. Holy Spirit, be with me. Come on, buddy, let's go. Let's take this day. Let's conquer it for Jesus. Come on, we're ready. God, help me, help me to turn the other cheek when somebody says something dumb to me and I don't say something dumb back. Come on, hallelujah. I deal with customers, man. I deal with angry customers. I deal with all kinds of customers, but I got to keep the same look. I cannot let it change me. I got to be who I am. I have to be understanding. God, give me patience. God, give me understanding. God, let me be considerate. God, help me to be more compassionate. God, help me to, to, to be more sensitive. These are things that I pray for because I, this is what I need. There's times I, I'm not a patient man. I'll talk to you after. No. <laughs> but Christ in me makes me patient. I don't blow it. I hold it. I mean, inside I want to explode. Inside I'll, I'm like, but, but the outside just takes over. 
Now take a deep breath. Inside I'm counting. One, two. <laughs> and then finally I just bring myself down. You got to do whatever it is. Count. Think of, I don't know, think of, I don't know, whatever. Whatever brings happiness. Ice cream or I don't know. See, God wants us to offer ourselves as living sacrifices daily, laying, our, our, uh, laying ourselves aside, uh, laying our own desires aside in order to follow him. Putting all our energies, listen, all our resources at his disposal. Expecting what suffering may come, amen, uh, our way by trusting him to guide us. Let me tell you, when you do the right thing, sometimes suffering will come your way. Ridicule will come your way. People will make fun of you of things like that by following Christ. And you're going to have to trust him in that. And you know what? You're going to guide me through this. And we do it out of an added, a gratitude, you know, that our sins have been forgiven. Man, that, that's, 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 a, man, that's the ultimate price. You're, we're forgiven. God, you know what? I, I, I want to have a good attitude, amen, because you've forgiven my sins. So I got to let go of these offenses that are coming towards me. See, God has a good and perfect plan for all of us, amen. Uh, but he wants us to be transformed people with renewed minds by living with honor and obeying him. Because obedience from the heart is better than sacrifice, church. 1 Samuel 15, it says obedience is better than sacrifice. See, Paul warns the Christian, do not, listen, do not copy the behavior of this world. The church, let me tell you, should not look like the world. But sometimes I look at people in church and they look just like the world. There is no difference. Come on, our food has to be different, church. We have to be different. God says to come out and be separate. Don't be like the world. Don't act like the world. Don't look like the world. We have to be different. Our, our, our talk, our mannerism, our walk has to change. Everything has to change, church. For some of us, our pants have to be lifted up. Come on, when you got saved, your pants got saved. Hello. I'm talking truth here, guys. What's my style? It's not your style. That's the world's style. That's what the world taught you. Listen to me. I'm, I'm talking truth. Because you carry that, that, that spirit's still on you. I'm not saying you've got to wear tight pants or get skinny jeans or whatever, whatever the trends are, amen. But there's, there's some things that we're going to have to change. Right? I mean, ladies have to change. They can't come in dressed as the world. There has to be a, some change too. Ladies, men, everything. There has to be a, a character change. Because Christ is living you. If not, the conviction of the Holy Spirit should tell you, pick up that blouse. Loosen those pants. Get maybe one size a little bigger. Don't give the world something to see. Hello. Come on. We're saved and we're letting the world still see us. It's the truth. I mean, come on, guys. We have to change. There has to be something changed. Otherwise, you're saying, you know what? I'll serve you, God, but you're going to have to do it with my standards. I'll do it, God, but you know what? This is the way I dress. 
There has to be a change, guys. And when Christ is really living inside and the Holy Spirit is living inside you, listen, it will change you. Once you start living holy, it will convict you. Let me tell you, when I got saved, man, I started watching. I was watching movies. And I said, well, the world cusses. It's all right. I hear cusses. I said, I don't need to write the world in my house. And I don't need it to be in my ear constantly. So you know what? I don't watch rated R movies. That's, that's my conviction. Now, I, I choose not to because I don't need profanity in my house. Even though the world cusses, my, the world's not invited in my house. Family comes over and cusses, I, they, they get out. Or they don't say it. Or I'll beep them. Censor. Beep. Uh, are there rules in your house? There has to be a higher standard, church. We, we, there has to be, we, not, we cannot copy the behavior of the world. We should look different. And I'm, I'm saying sometimes we may dress the same, but something's different about that person than that person. We can have the same outfit on, but you can tell who the Christian is. There has to be a difference. See, you can look at these two. Which one's a Christian? No, you shall live, you shall sit in the right hand of the Father. <laughs> yeah, this, this one's sagging a little bit. <laughs> no, but, but it's the same thing, amen. We can look the same. Come on, uh, but to the Christian, somebody will know. That one's a Christian, this one's not. Because it has to be the way we talk, our mannerism, and what we do, church. There has to be a different, amen. We need to be separate. We need not to look like the world. Come on, people use the scripture where we got to look like them to be, to win. That's not, not, that's not like what the, even the scripture's talking about. I can throw some things right now that I'm not. I'm not going to go in the bar and get drunk to win somebody. I'm not going to go smoke out to go win somebody. See, that's, what, that's not what the Scripture's saying. You become them. You lower yourself to where they're at and understand where that person's living in order to win them. You don't think yourself better than them. They're just struggling like you were at one time. So you understand. Say, I understand what you're going through. I can understand the alcoholic because I was an alcoholic. I can understand the struggle. I can understand these different sins because I've been there. So I'm not going to judge them. I'm going to say, I understand you. What's going on? What, what brought you there? What, what, what's going on? I understand. I'm not here to judge you. I was there. I, I, could, I know what you're thinking right now because I thought the same thing. God hasn't erased all that from me. He reminds me what he saved me from. Why? For then I can win others to Christ. That's what the scripture is. Don't twist it for your benefit. People twist all the time for their benefit. Come on, you cannot customize his standards for your living. 2 Corinthians 6, 17 says, Therefore come out and be separate, says the Lord. Don't touch unclean things and I will receive you. Don't touch anything unclean. Don't touch the world. Don't touch what the world's participating, and I will receive you. We need to separate ourselves from the world and be different. 
Romans chapter 6 verse 13 says, Do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather, uh, rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been, bought, uh, that, that have been brought from death to life and offer every part. Somebody say every part. Every part of yourself to him as instruments of righteousness. It's saying right there, come on, uh, come on, don't present your body, your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present your body to God. Being alive from the dead, amen, that, that you use the members of your body as instruments of righteousness. We have to be different. We have to look different. We have to live different, church, if we call ourselves Christians, followers, disciples. You got to understand that the customs of this world are usually selfish and often corrupt. Our refusal, listen, to conform to this world's value has, has to go deeper than just behavior and customs. It must be planted inside our minds, church. Come on, if we want any change, it's going to have to start right here. You got to change the way you think, you got to change that stinking thinking. God, get rid of this, this mind. Our mind is wicked. Man, there's all kinds of foul things that are created in the mind. I mean, it's, just, it's, it's sick up here. And we need God to wash this. We need God to renew this, amen. We got to, we you know, we were brought up and this is how we think. This is how we react because it's all inside our minds. So we have to have Christ to come in and renew it. Wash our minds. God, I don't want to think like that no more. God, I, I need, you got to wash it with the, with the word of God. You wash it with the word of God. You read the word of God and it washes these, this stuff, this impurity, or it exposes the things that you thought that you never knew that was wrong. See, the more you read the word of God, the more the Holy Spirit's inside of you. Then he gives you, he, gives, he brings the convictions. He, he tells you, you know, that thinking's not right. It's all right here in the mind. Sometimes, man, we can be on the outside right now, and all your minds right now are going. You can either be focused on what I'm saying, or you're thinking other things. Or chinos. <laughs> I'm not looking at anybody. <laughs> the title of my message, Cochinos, clean your minds. But for sometimes, we are that. We think dirty, we, we think wrong. And there's times that, that thoughts just come into our minds that, man, where did that come from? You ever got one of those things? You start, then you start thinking about it, like, what the heck is, God forgive me. Like, why am I thinking that? Does that only happen to me? I'm serious. I mean, the, the, the mind is so open that the, the, the enemy comes and throws darts and just things just come out of nowhere. And that's why you got to guard your, your heart. He says, put on the helmet of salvation uh, that protects your mind. But, but the enemy still gets in, but it's up to you to throw it out. You can either ponder on it or, 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 or think about it, amen, or, or, or start living it again or creating it or whatever it is. Or you can say, get that away from it. I rebuke that thought. For God, forgive me for even, even thinking of entertaining that for a little thought. You foul devil, get out of my car. Come on. Some of you guys have to pull over, open the door. Get out. Who brought you in here? My wife? <laughs> Husbands like to blame the spouses all the time. 
But we've got to let God transform us into new people by changing the way we think. I'm going to close tonight. Amen. But you have to understand tonight that you don't belong to yourself. You really do got to grab a hold of that because until you do, you will do whatever you want to do. We have to understand it's, it's not what we want. Amen. You don't belong to yourselves. You, if you're a Christian, if you're a follower, if you're a disciple of Jesus Christ, come on, you belong to God. If we truly want to be the voice, which is our banner church, then our behavior has to change. Say Philippians 121 again, amen. For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. Say one this last one thing here, guys. I'm gonna close with this. Listen, if you're not ready to die, then you're not ready to live. If you truly want to live, guys, the way God intended, the abundant life. I came to give you life, life more abundantly. The thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. I'm gonna give you life. You really want to live that way? Then you have to die. You really want to live. Amen. Let's all stand. Not ready to die. Not ready to live. Father, I thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's bow our heads and start to pray right now. Oh God, for some of us, it's, it's time to confess. I'm sorry, God. For the things I shouldn't. Maybe you did something today. Say, God, I, I shouldn't be thinking like that. God, I, God, I didn't bring a smile to you today. God, I brought a frown to you. God, help me to live better. Today. 